This is Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Let's get into it. All right, guys, we've got a special return guest on the podcast, and you know exactly who it is. If you were watching and listening to the previous episode when I was going over the best books of 2023, because I told you we had a surprise interview, and the surprise interview is with the one and only Justin Brierley, because I have given his book that he released this year, The Surprising Rebirth, A Belief in God, the title, the vaunted title of the 2023 book of the year, at least according to Undaunted Life, a man's podcast. And so he's been on this podcast, I think, three other times before. So you can go back and listen to all those other interviews. But in this interview, we just talk about the release of the book, the things that he's seen, the kind of the fruit that he's seen from this book uh, since its release, some of the things that he wish he would have put in there, but just the timing didn't quite work out. But man, we, we went all over the place in this conversation talking about his current project, projects he has coming up. It's a great short interview. We just kind of snuck it in. And if you're wondering why it looks like I was recording in the middle of the night. If you're watching it on video, it's because I was recording it basically in the middle of the night because to get it to where it worked with his schedule in the UK, I had to wake up real early here to kind of pull this all off. But we got it squared away because I wanted to make sure that we had a quick little interview, a little bonus thing for you guys. So tell me thank you, right? I gave you guys a little late Christmas present, so you're welcome. But guys, without further ado, let's get into it. Hey, Justin Briarly, welcome back to Undaunted Life of Man's podcast. But you were my first surprise interview to ever happen because if you if you listened to my entire episode about the best books of 2023, I surprised the audience with a surprise interview. And it's you. How fun is wow. that? Wow. That is really cool. And I feel honored. Thank you, Kyle. What what an honor. Well, I will tell you, Justin, I know you've gotten a lot of plaudits and I know you've gotten a lot of praise over your career, but just first real question, what does it feel like to literally get the highest honor that you've ever gotten in your entire career, which is the vaunted best book of the year by Undaunted Life, a man's podcast? I, I thought all of those honor, honor, honors and plaudits would somehow fulfill me. They never did. No. Only this has truly fulfilled my life, Kyle. So I, what can I say? This is well, and the thing was- the honor of my life. You would think that I planned that because I like you so much, but I didn't. I didn't plan it. Uh, and, and just in all honesty, and I told you this off air, I I feel no need to give somebody praise if they don't deserve it. Like, I just don't have it in my personality. Like, if somebody sucks, I'll probably more likely tell them they suck than to tell them that they're just, oh, yeah, you're, you're perfect. You're a perfect little snowflake. But the surprising re- rebirth of belief in God I don't want to, it may sound offensive for me to say that I was surprised, but I wasn't expecting this based off uh-huh. of some of the other stuff that, that I've read of yours. And it wasn't because the stuff that I've read of yours wasn't good. It was obviously the opposite of that, but it was just because the, the arguments that were made, how forceful it was from the beginning, mm. because I, I, maybe I've been lulled to sleep, Justin. There's a lot of books that are punchy towards the big, the middle and the end. Yours yeah. was punchy from the beginning. Was that part of the oh. plan? Well, I, uh, all I can say is it, it was the book I had inside me and, the, and you know, the, that first chapter, I just knew that there was this story to tell about the changing conversation on God, about the way that the new atheism had risen and fallen. And yeah, it just sort of seemed to flow. Um, so all joking aside, I, I am genuinely honored that you, you chose this book as your, your book of the year, Carl. So, so thank you very much. Well, and as everybody saw on the list before, there were some monsters that were on the list uh, before I got to number one. But it's one of those things like whenever I sat down, because I, as I finish a book, I'll put a note on my phone that I finished that book. But if one's that, if there's one that I know by the end of the year will probably be in my top five, top 10, I, I just will, you know, bold it. But then I don't think about it again until I go back to the list and then I start evaluating. And this year, I mean, like the top five, I was like, how in the world, the difference between five and four, I felt like I was splitting hairs. 
But uh, honestly, the way that the cookie crumbled was me going back to our old interview and me just, we spent so much time just on the first chapter. Mm. And so mm. I guess from a, a writing standpoint, since I'm not an author, a published author myself, um, was there any concern from you or the editor or anyone like that by putting so much dense material on that first chapter? Did people think, ah, oh, this might turn people off or, or you, you need to, you need to, you know, get people to read a few chapters to get a little bit of momentum or anything <laughs> like that. Was any of that part of the consideration? Um, I, I remember, so it's interesting you focus on the first chapter because I, I wrote the first chapter kind of as a, almost as a pitch for the book to some publishers a couple of years ago now when I was first, and and it got a lot of interest actually, um, and people felt this was an exciting story. The question was whether the momentum could, in a sense, yeah, could be continued through the remaining chapters because the first chapter does tell a very specific, unique story about this rise of this movement of new atheism and how it kind of all internally collapsed for all of these kind of reasons to do with the growing culture wars and everything else. But I felt there was actually a really interesting story to be told about what happened in the wake of that collapse. And I and I hope, you know, that I did do a good job of actually showing the way in which this conversation has now emerged, uh, you know, out of that whole scenario. So it was, yeah, it was definitely one of those things where I felt like I had a really strong start to the book. Whether it could be continued was the next question. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad to say that that it seems to have done that. And uh, v happily, Kyle, you're not the only platform to have recognized the book. Um, it actually did, uh, did make the finalist list for Christianity Today's book awards as well in the apologetics and evangelism category. So nah, we yeah. don't care about them. You no, know, nobody no, even no, reads no, them anymore. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I mean, Christianity who, I mean, come on. This isn't the 1950s when Billy Graham was running it. Okay. <laughs> this is, this is the now time and nobody likes anybody over there anymore. Well, just let's just talk to, let's just start generically. Uh, what interesting things have you seen this year since the book has been released? What, what's some interesting feedback that you've gotten? Like, how do you feel about how the, book has done in terms of its impact so far yeah well I've just been delighted with the feedback I've had um so many people coming out of the blue to tell me that they've read the book they've enjoyed the book um lots of people across different sort of spectrums if you like not just Christians but non-Christians who've been reading it I've had dozens of emails from people who said I've basically been on the journey you described in this book, Justin. I was basically mm. a new atheist a few years ago and I've come around. And th th sometimes there are people who are kind of still exploring whether Christianity is true or people have gone all the way. Um, so that's been really interesting. The other kind of really exciting thing, actually, is seeing the book kind of playing out in real time this mm. autumn. So I'm sure you may have heard of this story of Ayan Hirsi Ali, who was this right. ex-Muslim, Somali-born, um, speaker and thinker who was very much in the mid 2000s part of the new atheist set uh, shared stages with Christopher Hitchens Richard Dawkins and others and then just last month in November writes this viral article for Unheard titled why I am now a Christian and essentially spells out more or less the thesis of much of the book of the reasons why she has embraced Christianity now that provoked all kinds of interesting responses from both skeptics and Christians well is this a real conversion because it was a lot of kind of civilizational cultural kind of issues she was dealing with but you go on and, and read more of the article and some of her other interviews you see there's obviously a spiritual pull towards Christianity going on as well so it's, it's obviously not the end of her story but so interesting to see what I describe in the book happening then in that very specific quite high profile instance and 
and and being able to then kind of tell those stories um, in real time because I've I've now launched the podcast that goes with the book, so we were able to kind of pick up some of that current stuff going on. So yeah, it's it's been a really really exciting and uh, yeah very gratifying to see that all happening. One, I want to make sure that we talk about the podcast, the new podcast before we get out of here. But, um, you know, I on Hershey Ali, but obviously there was another one, Kat Von D. So I don't know how yes. big she is over in the UK, but in America, like she's <clears throat> very popular. She had a very popular mm. show, has, you know, millions of Twitter followers and Instagram followers and all that. And then all of a sudden comes out with that beautifully produced video mm. of her getting mm. baptized. And I just remember, and I don't know if this is just my personal cynicism or pessimism. My first thought was, is she about to launch like a new clothing line? Like, is this like, it's going to have a bunch of black crosses yeah, on it or something yeah, like that. Yeah. <clears throat> but then you hear her interview with Ali Best Stuckey. Uh, you hear some of the other stuff she's done. And I was just, I was so moved for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Like I'm mm-hmm. even getting a little mm-hmm. bit emotional thinking about it now because mm-hmm. you can tell she means it, but she's, she's like a, a baby deer right now. Yeah. And so immediately the heresy hunter people were all after her yeah. for not using the right language or saying that she chose Jesus because obviously mm, Jesus chose mm, you because I'm a Calvinist mm, and I'm right. Mm, but it's mm, like, mm. I, I think that we're going to have so many more opportunities as Christians, Justin, to embrace these people that have big profiles and say, Hey, our tent's real big. Like, you know, yeah. you happen to have more Instagram followers than me, but you were just as lost as grandma was uh, mm. yeah, before the end of this. Do, do you feel like we're going to see more of this kind of, yeah. you know, celebrity type thing coming? Yeah, I and I, I hope, obviously, I, it's great in a sense when it is the well-known people, the Iron Hersey Alleys, uh, Kat Von D and so on, um, the, those kind of who already have a platform and a celebrity status because it, 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 it helps us to feel like, hey, there's something significant going on. But at the same time, I, I have that concern that A, we don't want to put them on suddenly on some pedestal. They are, as you say, mm. just at the very beginning of their journey. And I do get really... Yeah, I, I I get similarly annoyed when Christians steam in saying you 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 didn't get this right, you didn't use the right language. It's like, come on, give them a chance to even get established. I mean, mm. when you were first became a Christian, did you have everything sorted out in your mind? Of course you didn't. Um, and and likewise, I I think it's just a case of actually understanding that this is all God's grace. Okay, uh, people come to faith for all kinds of motives. They're never pure. None of us become Christians for all the right reasons. Okay, but that's okay, because that's the way God works in his grace. And so let's just give them the space to, to have the journey they need to go on. Um, and let's let, let's just rejoice in the fact that people are finding Christ in, in these sorts of ways. Now we can then talk about, you know, the bigger picture and the social situations and, you know, the cultural movements that are happening. And, and that's, what I'm doing through the book and the podcast. But I, I don't want us to sort of just jump on these stories and, and immediately start to tear into them. Uh, I think that we can we can celebrate them. We can give them some space to be who they are and to go on that journey. When I think there's another somewhat nefarious undercurrent that happens with things like this, Justin, it's that some people want really cool people on their team. So in America, mm. when Kanye West started wearing the MAGA hat and going and mm. hanging out with Donald Trump and saying he was Republican and all that type of stuff people that otherwise would have hated Kanye West just because of the kind of music he makes and some of the the ways that he's treated women and things that he's, you know, rapped about or whatever, they were all of a sudden like, oh, we got a cool guy on our team. He's got like, you know, 30 million followers on Instagram and now he's on our team. And then it's like, you know, as Ben Shapiro said, you live by the Kanye, die by the Kanye. And then yeah, so that yeah. that plane crashed and burned pretty heavily. But I I, I get concerned when Christians are so 
invested in Jordan Peterson mm. coming to Christ mm-hmm. or Joe mm-hmm. Rogan coming to Christ or mm-hmm. pick a famous mm-hmm. person coming to Christ where it's like, guys, your neighbor is lost. Your, your neighbor yeah. actually, you can have an impact on that person's life and share the gospel with them. And you're worried about a podcaster or a famous author. Mm-hmm. Talk to me a little bit about mm-hmm. that because I get concerned that Christians are focusing on that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think that the big mistake is for us as Christians or as a church to hitch our bandwagon to any individual or any celebrity, that's always going to be a route to disappointment because they are human, you know, and they Mm. will fall off those pedestals. Um, I I really appreciate Jordan Peterson and a lot of his wisdom and the the questions he's asking, but he doesn't have all the right answers. Of course he doesn't. And, and yeah, he may, maybe he will eventually find his way into Orthodox Christianity. That would be wonderful, but I'm still not going to be treating him as some kind of Messiah figure, uh, a spiritual leader. I think he's, he's an important voice and it's important to see that. What I really appreciate though, is that he's actually, I'm not so concerned about actually where he ends up himself. Cause I think, you know, none of us will really in the end know the heart of Jordan Peterson. We, we can leave that stuff to God. But what I am interested in is he seems to be opening up the door to other people, especially a lot of young men, to take Christianity seriously. And I know many people who have walked through that door to, you know, vibrant, um, committed Christian faith. And so to that extent, you know, that's what I want to celebrate, if you like, not Peterson per se and his wherever he is on that journey, but the fact that people are finding God because he opened a door for them, you know. Hey guys, real quick, I've talked about this on the show before, but I've been experimenting with the idea of getting on the carnivore diet. And so I've got a good buddy, Chad Robichaud, who's been on the podcast that he's been on the carnivore diet for a while. He's seen a lot of great success. But the big thing that I've been worrying about is like, where do I get high quality beef? Like where exactly can I get beef where I can trust that's coming from a reputable source that it doesn't have a bunch of junk that's been in it. And I've been looking for a cattle operation partner to really partner up with. And that's why I want to introduce you to the new official beef delivery partner of Undaunted Life, and that's my friends at Primal Beef. So Primal Beef is a brand new cattle operation owned and operated by Sean Glass. So he is a retired Navy SEAL that served with Jocko Willing, and Jocko is also a partner in Primal Beef. So what makes Primal Beef different from the other fly-by-night beef delivery companies? It's a combination of the following. So it's all American black Angus cattle. The beef comes from one farm, and that's in Virginia's Shenandoah Valley. Also, the beef is all natural. There are no, no hormones added ever, no antibiotics ever, no mRNA ever. And here's a cool thing. After slaughter, the beef is dry-aged, and then it's hand-cut by artisan butchers and then flash-frozen to ensure that it maintains the tenderness and marbling and flavor that you'll want by the time it gets to you. And here's another cool thing. For every box sold, guys, Primal Beef donates meat directly to a member of America's Special Operations Forces through the C4 Foundation. So you can take pride in knowing that your purchase will help literally put food on the table for one of America's finest warriors. So are you salivating yet? Because if not, you should be. Guys, try Primal Beef out today by going to www.primalbeef.com. That will be in the show notes. That's primalbeef.com. Use the promo code KYLE. That's my first name, K-Y-L-E, KYLE, for 10% off of your order. Again, that is primalbeef.com. Use the code KYLE, K-Y-L-E, to get 10% off of your order. Well, he's become a pseudo spiritual father. And I don't mean that in a negative way because some people would say that in a Mm. negative way. So just in one aspect, Justin, that he has given people license to take the scriptures seriously because he Mm. himself takes them so seriously, regardless of whether or not he thinks they're, you know, myth, mytho history, like what William Mm. Lane Craig might say Mm. or some, some sort of, you know, thing like that. 
he takes them so seriously. You know, a 25-year-old skeptic who was, you know, marinated in the government schools and then went to a university and was further marinated in that ideology is all of a sudden like, wait a minute, maybe this isn't just a book of myths. Maybe this isn't just a, a book that's changed a million times over the last couple of thousand years. Maybe this is something I should ra actually reckon with. And then they go mm -hmm. to God's word and God speaks to them. I, I think that's a, a very important thing to think about as well. Now, Justin, I'm the type of person that um, I'm my biggest critic. So if I put out a podcast, if I write a devotional, if I write a sentence via text and then I go back and read it and go, ah, oh, God, you're so dumb. Like why, what, <laughs> what were you thinking? And so that's just how I am now. I'm well over 500 podcasts in now. And so I've had to kind of chill out just a little bit, like give myself some grace and really love myself mm. and all that nonsense. But for you, I'm sure that you, there are things that you wish you could have put in the book or wish that you did put in the book or you're like, oh my gosh, I should have argued this and I just left it out entirely. Give me the backstory. What are some of those things you wish were in the book? Oh, uh, yeah, there's there's so many things that you, you do come to afterwards and realize, hey, that, that would have made so much sense to to have included. I mean, I mean in, a, in a funny way, you know, had I known about Ian Hersey Ali's kind of the movement she was going in, that that would have been just been a perfect story to to include in the book. It, it it's just so perfectly encapsulates the kind of movement that I'm talking about. So so I feel like hey, I should have at least given her a mention, you know, in the book. Yeah. Maybe second edition that'll come around. Um, I think the other the other aspect. I think my thoughts have just crystallized a lot um, on on certain issues. Um, and so for instance, I I really get the sense now that. Um, I only discovered after I'd kind of yeah sent off the manuscript that that for instance some new atheist authors um, thinkers like Peter Bogosian were already talking in very similar terms to the way I talk in the book about the idea that we're all inherently religious and we will make a religion out of something if it's not Christianity. And, and it turned out Peter Boghossian had already kind of given this a name, uh, the substitution hypothesis, this idea that when you get rid of uh, you know something institutionally religious like Christianity you just replace it with something like you know the woke religious ideologies that he's mm. currently invested in fighting and so it would have been useful to to perhaps perhaps have been more engaged in in the fact that there were other people like him noticing this and and being able to uh sort of speak into that um at the same time um yeah I, I at this point I'm I it, it's interesting because because it's a very much a snapshot of a cultural moment. And, I, the, you know, when I sent off the manuscript to the publisher about a year ago, that was it. You know, it, it's going to be what it what it was. You're inevitably going to have lots of then things happen that you would wish you could have included and so on. But that, that's all you can do. Having said that, it still feels like it's all pretty interesting and, you know, um, relevant. One, one thing that did happen just recently, you, you're probably aware of this, is um, there's been all this controversy around Russell Brand. Um, of course. And yeah. yeah, the the sexual, you know, abuse allegations and everything else. Well, I do mention Brand, not that I've interviewed him or anything, but I, I mentioned him as one example of someone who's been kind of going on a spiritual journey. He's very much left the hedonistic, you know, part of his life behind. And he's, you know, and he's not certainly not, you know, a Christian at this point, but he, he seems to be opening himself up to Christianity and spiritual issues. Obviously, that kind of small part of that chapter now looks a little bit like, oh, okay. And now he's kind of having all of the al these allegations put against. That's, but what can you do? That's, you know, I was, I go on the information I have at the time. My, my hope and prayer is that, that, that Russell Brand, um, you know, whatever you think of the allegations, that people will give him the grace to understand that people change over time. And whatever he's been accused of, certainly as far as I can see, lives in the past that he now deeply regrets at some level 
um so so anyway that's those those kinds of things happen and and you just you know you just have to accept them as they come well and also i don't know how it is in in that country but in this country we still at least purportedly have a assumption of innocence for people and you know russell brand's another person to where it's like people get really really tribal about certain people so like donald trump's the, the most extreme example there's nobody that's neutral in donald trump he's either loved or loathed that's basically how mm. it is but same thing with russell brand there are people that automatically are like well, those women are lying and then there were people People that are like he obviously did those things and it's like y'all yeah. have no idea yeah. can we just let this process mm. play out mm. but i'm reminded mm. of uh, the process so john cooper lead singer of skill it's a good buddy of mine he was writing his new book wimpy weak and woke and i remember him sending me manuscripts as he was writing and Every time he thought the the book was coming to a close, a new big cultural <laughs> thing happened. And he's like, I can't not put this in there because it'll come out afterwards. But I guess the, the question I have in terms of how that goes, you mentioned the woke stuff and, and people creating a religion out of that. I feel like, and, and I'm certainly not pointing something out that's unique here. I feel like the the woke thing is starting to really lose steam. So th mm. this is coming out, you know, well after this, but you had the presidents of MIT and Harvard and Penn go before Congress and absolutely make just mm. complete jerks of themselves by not being able to just say, yeah, uh, if you call for intifada, if you call from the river to the sea for Palestine to be free, which basically means we're going to kill millions of Jews, mm. that that's not good. That obviously goes against our code of conduct mm. and they just mm. couldn't say it yeah. because they're so anti-Semitic. Mm. But then also the trans thing with children, boys competing in girls sports, boys, males hurting girls, like physically hurting them, breaking bones in their faces by spiking a volleyball in their face or hitting them in the face with a field hockey ball or something like that. I feel like the woke thing, people are, people kind of tut-tutted it for a while and they were like, okay, let's just be nice. Let's be known for what we're for, not what we're against. Now it's like, wait a minute. Now there's a bearded person that's going against my daughter in basketball. This is unacceptable. Mm. Do you see it going that direction as well? I, I I think I think there is a sense in which the the progressive thing just does begin to eat itself at some point and and you increasingly I think what I've noticed is people who would have traditionally seen themselves as on the left liberal progressive end of things even they starting to realize no this thing's got out of hand there's this has gone way too far and so that's that's so the interesting thing is is again one of the things I noticed again since you know not having the opportunity to update the book any longer is so many uh, comedians and folk who are now effectively coming out and saying no there, there's got there's got to be a limit to this because right. we can no longer do comedy if if these are the new rules about what what's allowed and what's not allowed um that you know that so many people who are just want some common sense in this whole thing who've realized that this this has really gone off the rails and that's very interesting because it's even here in the uk I, um you know the trans thing is you know it's obviously been a really big hot button issue and obviously uh you know J.K. Rowling has been quite a lightning rod of controversy for that. But what I seem to have noticed is that whereas in the first year or two after J.K. Rowling started to speak out on transgender ideology, there was like a very big backlash against her. Right. I think you are now seeing a kind of much, many, many more people feeling like they can now basically stand next to her and say, come on, it's time for some sense, sense in this whole debate, isn't there? Um, it's no longer you no longer are quite tarred with the same sense of being a social pariah if you stand up for J for jk rowling i think people are just aware that hang on yeah there's there's a 
there's a sense of equilibrium that needs to be established in this debate. So I, I'm, I'm encouraged by that. I feel like the pendulum is starting to swing back a little bit mm. in the direction of, of a kind of sensible point. When I think there's there's a when the comedians are bold, I think it points to uh, actually some kind of health within the kingdom because this is obviously painting with a broad brush. But when the jesters were starting to be killed in uh, different royal courts, it pointed to the fact that the, you know the person in power was losing their grip, at least on the mm. kingdom, if not on reality entirely. If they they couldn't laugh at themselves, and that's one of those things. Like just since I talk mainly to men on my audiences. If you're working on a construction crew or you're on a you've joined a jujitsu gym or you've got a softball league you play on, and if guys start, you know, making fun of you or giving you crap or all that, and you get really offended, if if you get huffy and slam your lunchbox and take off or something like that, you're not going to be trusted by those men. And so the reason why men kind of do that to each other is to kind of learn boundaries and learn that, oh, this person has thick skin. If stuff starts to pop off, I can rely on this person. The same thing is true about comedians. If they're in an environment like the UK, where if they say a joke, they might be arrested. If they send a tweet, they might have to go to prison. Then it's one of those things where it's like, you can't really tell whether or not you, you have the government has your back. If we're all doing this together, it feels more like a total totalitarian, you know, top down enforcement mm -hmm. of a particular ideology, if that makes sense. Um, <clears throat> let's talk about the podcast. So obviously mm -hmm. uh, you're no longer doing unbelievable with Justin Brierly. So I no longer have to type unbelievable question mark <laughs> and then not capitalize the next word in my sentence. Uh, so I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> What's the new podcast called? Why'd you launch it? Why is it set up the way that it is? So the new podcast is The Surprising Rebirth of Belief in God, so exactly the same title as the book. But really, it's a deep dive into the contents of the book, the story of the rise and fall of new atheism, but also the rise of this new conversation on God with public intellectuals like Jordan Peterson, Douglas Murray, Tom Holland, Ian Hersey Alley. So, and then the, the neat thing is, as I said, is that I can start to include some of these very recent stories that have been coming to attention. Uh, so we kind of, basically, uh, it's, it's very simple because I've taken each chapter, seven chapters of the book, and I've, I'm devoting three of these episodes to each chapter. So about 21 episodes plus some bonus episodes makes it a kind of a, a narrative arc of about 30 episodes for this podcast. And it's done in a very sort of, um, in-depth documentary style uh, approach. So if if you've ever listened to something like the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast, um, different content, but similar style in terms right. of a, a more of a documentary polished style, the, the the Witch Trials of J.K. Rowling, that, that kind of feel. Um, it's a lot more labor intensive, but I'm really enjoying the creative process because we get to use music. We get to just kind mm. of sculpt a bit of a sense of, uh, a, a, you know, a dynamic sense of what's going on. And I've just had overwhelmingly positive feedback since we launched it about a month and a half ago we're about seven or eight episodes in now and yeah I'm just really enjoying being able to sort of do something very different to those kind of um, conversational type podcasts that you know I've done for many years now going really back to my roots actually where I began in radio creating features and documentaries and so on so I'm, I'm really enjoying that and uh, you can yeah you can go and listen it's available on all major podcast platforms and if you want to support the podcast uh, it obviously takes takes time and money and resource to create these kinds of uh, resources then people can do that as well guys make sure that you watch that and listen to that that'll be in the show notes but Justin, that's like 30 episodes and then that'll be in your past and that'll just be something that you did. What's the next thing? Are you going to be coming <laughs> back to the the heated debates between smart people and dumb people? Like what's the next thing? Is it another book? Is it a series of books? What are we doing here? 
there's there's a lot there's a lot potentially yeah going on um i mean i should say first of all that i you know given that we're already seeing a really big audience coming up behind this new podcast we're not intending to simply cut it off at the 30 once we've told the story i think mm. there's going to be lots more stories to tell of the surprising rebirth of belief in god so so that'll be an ongoing project but yes there are other things that we're hoping to do i i began a new company um this last year Think Faith, where we're going to be starting to produce more podcast videos. Uh, you're going to see a lot more, yeah, going out in terms of video stuff as well. Uh, and yes, I do plan to return to what I'm probably best known for, which is sitting in the middle of interesting debates and discussions. So yes. look out for something along those lines uh, in the coming year. I don't have an exact timeline for that yet, but um, it's 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 something that I've missed doing. I'd love to get back into doing, and I'm sure I will return to doing in the not too distant future. So look out for that. You need to get into it again, because when I would listen to the Unbelievable podcast, one of my favorite things to do would be like, which person does Justin like better? And I would like try to figure it out based on the questions and based on how many times you would interrupt the person. And I felt like I got pretty good at it. I should have just been sending you emails like, ah, you like this person, you like that person. So if we could come back to that, that would be great. But my last request that I have for you before we let you go and get on with your Christmas plans and all that is the copy of the book that I have is still the ARC copy. Look at this floppy oh, thing. Man, Look, it's still you got need to get the nice it. version. You yeah, need to get the fully nice, you know, properly printed and bound version. Right. I'll, I'll get you one, Kyle. I'll send okay. you one. And I want you to write me a really sweet note on the inside saying how I'm your favorite <laughs> ginger and you're, you don't really hate Ireland as much as it seems. Like those types of things. Just yeah, it in there. I will. Absolutely. I'll, I'll write a very special message just for you, Kyle, and um, delighted to do so. Well, very good. Well, all kidding aside, The Surprising Rebirth, A Belief in God, it is our 2023 book of the year. I thought it was just absolutely fantastic. It's high quality like everything you do. But before we let you go, is there anything else you want to get off your chest? Well, if you want to get hold of the book, you can actually get a signed copy yourself. Uh, we, we're making those available through my own website, justinbriley.com. So uh, you can do that and you can sign up to the newsletter, keep abreast of all that we're doing. You can get hold of the podcast there as well, of course, and support these new initiatives that I'm trying to launch in the coming year. But uh, thank you just for, for the amazing support you've given, Kyle. Um, I've been absolutely delighted to see your own show flourish and the way in which you, you want to encourage others as well along the way. So bless you. Very good. All right. Until next time, we'll see you then. Yeah. God bless. Have a happy Christmas and a, and a great new year. You too. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Wherever you're listening to this, please subscribe, rate, and leave us a positive five-star review. If you want me to come speak live at your event or on your podcast, just shoot me an email to info at undaunted.life. That's I-N-F-O at undaunted.life. Follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook and check out our website for everything else, including how to donate to keep more content like this coming your way. Just go to www.undaunted.life. And also we want to thank the band Holy Name for allowing us to use their music for our content. The music on this podcast is their song Perpetual. Petua, which is off their self-titled debut album on Face Down Records. The links are in the description. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson. Remember, keep pushing back darkness, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical resilience, keep seeking the Lion of Judah. <laughs>